This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. All right, welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner. I'm host Kelly Pickerel, and today we're joined by Richard Sherwood. He is founder of Adaptive Solar in Houston, Texas. So thanks for joining me today, Richard. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thought maybe we could start. You could give us a little background on Adaptive Solar. So what led you to form the company in 2010? Yeah, so in 2010, we formed Adaptive Solar. I think, uh, you know, in Houston, we're sort of the energy capital, or, you know, we at least self-proclaimed energy capital of the U.S. And uh, so is that sort of being a part of the ethos of Houston? You know, we kind of wanted to help push that to the future. Um, Really what it came out of was just sort of a a coincidence of uh, just timing. We had a distributor opening in Houston, and they were kind of looking for partners to basically sell their product. And so they kind of said, hey, we'll give you an unlimited line of credit. We'll do whatever we can just to get you guys going. And so it sort of was a easy transition from our, our previous jobs. You know, really what really pushed it over the edge is that we, they, gave, they got us a contract to do uh, about 100 homes for Lennar, the National Home Builder. So at that point, it sort of made sense to leave our jobs and start a company with, uh, you know, 100, 100 homes of guaranteed work. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So what kind of projects are you working on now? Are you doing both residential and commercial? Yeah. I mean, you know, Pace, uh, Pace Financing has finally hit Houston. So we've got a couple of cool commercial projects in the pipeline that are going to be Pace funded. Um, and then with residential, you know, every year we've sort of seen residential come up more in Houston. I mean, Houston is a tough market uh, because just it's super cheap electricity. Delivered tax and everything, electricity is often eight to nine cents in the residential market per kilowatt hour. Mm-hmm. So less less lucrative than other, and we have no incentives. You know, it's just the federal tax credit. And then on the uh, commercial side, it can be as low as three to four cents a kilowatt hour. Wow. So it is, uh, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you just sticking to the Houston area? Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, you know, our roots are really in Houston. We do travel outside of Houston to do commercial projects. So we've done some really cool commercial projects outside of Houston. Uh, there's the Palmer Event Center in Austin, which it's a completely asymmetrical roof. Uh, you know, no lines to make sure that your panel's level. It is standing seam, but the standing seam was even kicked five degrees. Hmm. Uh, you know, so we did that. And then we did the Mickey Leland Federal Building, which is in Houston. Uh, it's, you know, super, super awesome commercial solar installation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so for commercial, we travel, but, you know, really our heart's in Houston. So we've uh, done homes and I think we're definitely one of the local guys I mean, we've been around longer than any other company in Houston. So we're the local guys who have kind of been doing it for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was kind of researching for our talk, you know, looking at your website and your social media, you guys have great company videos and marketing efforts. And it it kind of makes Adaptive Solar maybe seem a little bit larger than it probably is. So how many employees do you have and do you work with subcontractors? Yeah, so we have uh, 15 full-time employees, but we actually... Uh, have some seasonal employees, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. we don't subcontract just installs, you know, we do all the installs in house, but I think every installer knows it's like the end of the year, commercial projects, 
we have uh, about 30 seasonal employees that we can pull in that we trained ourselves that uh, you know know how to do it how we like it done yeah. uh, that has sort of been a key for us I mean we have we do a lot of subcontracting so we've worked for I mean as subcontractors ourselves so we've installed for a lot of companies and seen pretty bad equipment bad work you know we've kind of <laughs> seen it all so I think we've just learned a lot uh, sort of as that role you know so we're a small company we've done over 500 homes um, we've done probably half a dozen uh, commercial projects that are over 200 kW so hmm. you know we've done some stuff in Houston it's quite a bit but you know <laughs> <laughs> kind of small but mighty yeah yeah <laughs> You've said before that you kind of look at Adaptive Solar as a retail company more than a construction company. So how do you think that helps you gain some solar customers? Well, you know, like I've said, Houston is just a super tough market, Um, you know, just with the super low energy rates and no incentives. So, you know, what we sort of found that we could leverage is our capacity to create a solid brand that, uh, you know, whenever we look at stuff, you know, we kind of have a different uh, pivot than a lot of other companies. Um, I think if we were in a a super saturated market, we probably would have spent less time on sort of the branding efforts. But, you know, we're definitely, uh, you know, in California, it can be an all head decision. But I think in Houston, it's head and the heart. So whenever we approach any customers, you know, that the retail that we have is that, hey, we're the company that's been here, we're going to stick with you. I mean, we've had stuff happened before where you got to kind of eat it to make the customer happy. And so it's sort of our approach as the retail where it's like, looks good, feels good. Everything is, is good. You know, we know that the customer is first with our experience with other contractors. They're sort of like a bunch of adders getting on site, something they didn't see. They're charging people extra, you know, stuff like that. And I think that that is a problem in the construction industry and you know solar in particular i think especially in the past 12 months in houston we've seen a lot of upstarts that uh would say are less than ethical you know lying about power production uh to you know kind of installing and walking away and not following through that's part of that retail like nordstrom type of uh aspect where you know we're going to make it right for the customer no matter what Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, you've been kind of touching on how maybe tough the the Houston solar market, and I'm just curious, has there been any increased interest since Hurricane Harvey? Has that assisted in any solar efforts? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been really weird. Uh, You know, we have seen a lot more interest in solar due to the hurricane, um, just because of any time living on the Gulf Coast, power outages are always a concern, you know, and a lot of people look for solar wrongfully is backup power. Uh, You know, now I can say that historically we installed Outback battery systems, but, um, you know, we still have some of those projects in the pipeline, but we're moving to the LG Kim and SolarEdge sort of combination. Mm -hmm. And so we actually have uh, a much more easier to get into uh, backup solution. You know, obviously it's not whole home, but, you know, for a lot of customers who want to go solar, it's like a huge value add to guarantee that, hey, they're going to have power uh, during intermittent power usage. So, I mean, and that's how Hurricane Harvey has sort of pushed it. I mean, I was sort of bracing for the worst. I was like, man, I don't think anyone's going to be looking at uh, solar for the next three months. (laughs) But I would say it definitely uh, has peaked interest, and we've been seeing a lot more leads, but it is almost exclusively with the battery 
battery backup right now. Right. Okay. So what's your approach to finding solar panels, especially kind of with the, the potential tariffs that might be coming? Um, how, how do you look for solar panels? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the kind of guy who only likes one brand of solar panels. Uh, you know, I've installed a lot of stuff, and I think there are a lot of good manufacturers. There are some that are better than others, but it's, you know, easy to steer away from the really poopy ones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I have about uh, four distributors that I work with and that have sort of helped me give me heads up. I think that they're excited that there's like looming shortages because then everyone's kind of pre-buying before sales. Uh, yeah. So I've done that, you know, as well as Mission Solar, which is, a you know, a Texas company that, you know, they started manufacturing them. So mm-hmm. uh, we've been installing more of those than we have in the past. So. I mean, I don't know. You know, in the past, we sold solar at 5 to $6 a watt. It's definitely a head in the heart decision in Houston. So if solar panel prices go up, I'm not happy about it. But I also realize it's not the end of the world, you yeah, know? right. I've actually had more trouble finding the uh, solar edge storage inverter uh, <laughs> than panels, which that I was not braced for. <laughs> that has sort of been the weird thing. It's like, you know, everyone's talking about panels, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, okay, I got my panels, like, all right, so what's going on with this inverter? It's like, well, there's like a month lead time. It's like, wrong answer. Huh, wow, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that is happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least in my experience. Hmm, interesting. I guess besides, yeah. you know, all those uncertainties and just, you know, getting products and all that, maybe what's something else you wish you could improve about the solar market? So in Houston, you can choose who your electric provider is. So a lot of people pay premium for wind power. Uh, in Houston. People really only want to buy solar if they can see a savings in month one, which with our low electrical rates and then sort of how solar loans are, you know, kind of pricey money after you pay dealer fees, work dealer fees and everything in. uh, It's sort of a weird situation. It's sort of tough. So personally, uh, you know, I would like to see people really take a longer view about solar think educating the customer in Houston is still a big deal because you, if you look at the lifetime of your system, you know, you are saving a lot of money Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't see that, you know, they're really looking at month one and that is tough. But, uh, you know, I read an article that Scott Pruitt is recommending getting rid of the tax credit, the federal tax credit. So that is my biggest concern right now, as far as uh, any problems coming up Uh, in Texas, we are allowed to, you know, homeowners associations can now prevent solar. All of our AHDAs are pretty good in the area. You know, our utility center point is a great utility to work with. So, I mean, it, kind of on the government side, you'd think being an oil and gas town, we'd have a lot of problems with that. But, um, you know, they're pretty accommodating for solar. I mean, our city even has a expedited process for permitting. So it's called Solar in 7. So seven business days, you get either an approval or you get your first rejection and then, you know, you fix whatever needs to happen. But, uh, yeah. you know, that that's nice. So I think our local governments are, have actually been really, really supportive of solar. And uh, we live in an unregulated or deregulated market. So, you know, the people who maintain the lines and you get your interconnection agreement with are not the same people you buy electricity from. So Centerpoint is pretty agnostic to solar. So we do, we have no interconnection fees and, uh, you know, they're happy just to come out and do it, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting, right? Cause we're in a, we're not in a net metering state. And when I first started, no, you could not get compensated for this, uh, what you sent back into the grid. 
But we're seeing more and more retail electric providers really hop on to solar and kind of look at solar customers as a predictable customer, which helps make them a little more profitable just because it's a good hedge towards our hot, sunny days in Houston. You know, the solar customer is making a lot of power whenever everyone's air conditioner is pumping on. So, uh, so far, we have not seen the systematic pushback that I think a lot of other parts of the country have seen, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting, you know. I mean, the, I guess I would like to see natural gas be more expensive because that <laughs> really is what makes our <laughs> electric prices so cheap right now. So, you know, that would be a threat that I would see. You know, solar, I always tell people solar is uh, really, solar power is really cheap. It just costs a lot of money, right? So, you know, you pay for it up front, but then over that lifetime, you know, you really do see real savings that could outpace, that will outpace your 401k or most of the other investments that you do. It's the same reason that people don't take their credit card and buy stock or, you know, buy mutual funds, right? You know, it's like, yeah, because in 30 years, it's like the interest, you know, makes it less desirable. And I think that solar, we're very, we have a lot of high net worth individuals in Houston, so we do do a lot of cash deals. And I think that uh, uh, that definitely helps your return and, you know, how you're thinking about the money that you're spending on it. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. So <laughs> what, what do you think is the thing you enjoy the most about the solar industry? Man, I think it's being part of the tribe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you're in the solar industry, so you probably know as well as I do and everyone else. I mean, it's a cool group of people to work with. I mean, we are still in the infancy of this industry. So, you know, everyone who's in it is a pioneer. And anyone who's been in it long enough, they're not in it for the money, right? You know, I mean, solar, uh, at least in Houston, it's easier to make money in oil and gas, right? It's awesome. You know, I would say, you know, all the customers that we've had, uh, they're just part of my solar buddies. I always tell people we're like solar buddies for life, you know, cause someone's going to have to take care of your system. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just super cool because I think it takes a special kind of person, at least in Houston with our super cheap electric prices to yeah. be like, no, I really want to go solar. You know I mean? There really has to sort of be that heart there. Yeah. Just super, super awesome people. Yep. I agree. And changing the world. Let me not <laughs> talk about <laughs> Yeah, it's you important. Know, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, whenever we look back, you know, any of our various monitoring programs and it sort of like pops up, wow, you've offset this much, you know, when it's over hundreds of systems. It's like, dang, you know, it, like all of this work is for something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So can you let us into any secrets? What's Adaptive Solar's plan for the next few years? Yeah, you know, we're super excited. I mean, you know, solar is going great in Houston, but, you know, what we really want to do is uh, facilitate local installers kind of across the nation. So, you know, we have put a lot of effort into branding, and I think we're just scratching the surface on doing that. So sort of the big idea with Adaptive Solar is we're been talking to some other installation companies in different markets, but we're trying to find like three to five right companies to sort of partner with and try to create a national brand. Mm. I think as a local installer, I have battled with Google, you know, whether it's SEO or AdWords, trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to do this, any sort of other marketing messages. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, it almost seems like I'm spending less time thinking about solar and more just in, you know, marketing and what right. sort of works, you know. So our idea is like, hey, if we could get some of these local installers together, you know, we could do kind of like group buys for 
stuff. We could look at, you know, creating our own QC type software so that everyone, you know, can just have better better control on the fields at site, leverage big data if we can get enough people together and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just try to basically create all those efficiencies that uh, some of the large companies in other industries see, but uh, do it for solar and do it for the local guys, you know, because I think the more time that I can focus on meeting customers, you know, and my guys can focus on installing and meeting customers, but, you know, the more efficient and the more sustainable solar comes as an industry. Yeah. So that's sort of a big vision that we've got, and we're going to raise money to the beginning of our branding efforts. You know, we really flipped over to focus on a brand at the beginning of the year. So, I mean, we're on website 2.0 and just really trying to facilitate ourselves, but then just, you know, all the lessons that we've learned and all the lessons that, you know, other guys have learned, like let's kind of get together and have a shared knowledge base. I sort of think that once Solar City cleans up their acts and they're like full on Tesla solar, mm-hmm. but I think that it's going to be a more formidable opponent than what people have thought. Because I think a lot of people want to own a Tesla car. And if they can't own a Tesla car, then, hey, man, Tesla Solar, you know, why not? You know, why buy it from this other guy? So right now, we all need to be working together to build that case. of It's like, hey, Brian, you're into solar, so you should be into buying locally and, you know, yeah. creating a sustainable economy in your own region, not just, you know, letting this money go out somewhere else. The local guys are the guys who are going to, you know, the ones who survive are going to be the ones who are really good service, or at least that's been the story. You know, we've had a lot of companies come in big and then go bankrupt or get out. Um, and then those customers are left with like a solar system on their hands that it's hard to get service, you know, hard to, you know, you don't just have that person to call. So I sort of kind of believe in the whole maker movement. And I think that that is, uh, you know, sort of fits into that where it's like, you know, kind of localized jobs, but combine that with sophisticated branding and marketing to where someone can say, hey, okay, well, this is Youngstown, Ohio, you know, XYZ solar company. And so that they can feel good that they're like supporting this local guy. uh, But then they can also sort of feel like there's bigger presence there and you know, by working together, we should be able to buy stuff cheaper. We should be able to negotiate better financing deals. You know, kind of all the things that, uh, you know, we kind of need to do as an industry. You know, I think we're still mom and pop, yeah. you know, and I think sophisticating that industry is going to need to happen before the tax credit goes away. Um, it's going to need to happen, you know, even right now, man, if we had a great lobbying force, I think we'd be in less scarier times. Mm-hmm. Um you know, sure. so I think it's like getting all of those things together. So, I mean, we're actively working on it. And I mean, we've talked to some some installers, but if there's anyone listening who is interested in kind of trying to be a part of that movement, you know, we'd definitely be interested in, you know, hearing from you. I think it's going to be more about uh, the right people to work together. That's really what we're going to be looking at. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be following along and hopefully, hopefully we'll see what you guys are up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it'll be cool. I mean, even just like website 2.0, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess it's really further than that. But like from our rebranding generation, it's going to be super cool. We're doing a lot of cool things with that. And uh, man, there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening uh, just like in digital marketing and, uh, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Not trying to be a lead gen company, right? <laughs> no, right? I think every solar installer is over lead gen and subbing and not getting paid. You know, we <laughs> have been burnt. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we're not the only ones out there. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you, Richard, for talking to me today and let me kind of see what Adaptive Solar is all about. All right, cool, Kelly. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk another time. This has been another edition of Contractor's Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com See you back here next month.